0: Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. As an
1: entrepreneur, you wear all of the hats bookkeeper, sales specialist, customer service, social media manager, marketing director, and of course, you have to find the time to do your actual job. The reason you became an entrepreneur in the first place and decided to help people. It's really difficult to find the time to do your own tasks, much less create your own marketing. That's why I've created the Audience Conversion Method Live, a four-week course that's going to dive deep into the framework I've created to help my clients plan out their next 12 months of marketing. No more wondering if you're writing the right stuff, if you're posting in the right places, or what you should be doing the next time you sit down to create your own marketing. Join me on the wait list and be the first to receive information about how to sign up, and be eligible for an early bird bonus, go to theaudienceconverter.com slash waitlist AC live. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a really important topic. I think a lot of us are are eager to get back to this, and that is in-person networking and how to make sure we're doing it correctly. And to help me cover this topic today, I have the wonderful Lori Seitz, who started life as an extremely shy child, and I can definitely sympathize with this. She hated talking to people she didn't know. And then when she launched her first company in 2003, suddenly she found herself going to networking events. In order to let people know about Zen Rabbit Baking Company and the Gratitude Cookie, she had to find clients and referral sources and get over her fear of walking into a room where she didn't know anyone. So today she's harnessed that fear and she's a networking strategy coach author, and speaker who not only feels comfortable meeting new people, she actually enjoys it. She teaches in-house workshops at conferences and through her private client program. She created the Confident Connections Quick Start video program and using her 25 years of experience in marketing and communications helps others get over their fear of walking into a room full of strangers. So Lori, I want to say welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here and I'm really excited to dive into this topic. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of us, we're we're getting back out there. We're doing the networking thing again, kind of harnessing that in-person connection. And I just want to know, you know, what you have in that introduction is just, it's so powerful because I was definitely that person. I started my business. I went to my first conference. I was in a room. I was like, I hope no one approaches me. I don't want to talk to people. And then I realized, well, I paid to be here. I better start getting, get started, right? Doing something so that I can meet all the people who can become my future clients. So tell me a little bit about your journey and kind of what brought you to what you do today.
0: Yeah. So when I started my first business, it, like you said, I had to go to events to meet people who could become clients, who could become referral sources, who could become strategic partners. Because back in 2003, the internet wasn't what it is today. Social media wasn't what it is today. So meeting people in person was the primary way to make connections. And I still remember walking into that very first chamber meeting and looking around and seeing Everyone looked like they were already best friends with everybody else in the room. And I was the only one who didn't know somebody. That was really intimidating.
1: I can imagine. And just for uh, those of us who uh, can't recall exactly, uh, Facebook became public, the first social media, in 2006. So this is before social media. This is the infancy of the internet. And -hmm. the best options were really to go to in-person local events and meet a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. How did I, I,
0: I kept going back though. Here's the thing. Cause I wanted my business. I so badly wanted my business to work that that drove me past the fear of going to the rooms, going, going, you know, stepping into those rooms, going to the events. I kept signing up, kept going back. So I don't remember exactly. I remember how it felt. I don't remember if I had any conversations during that first event. I may not have, I may have just, at the side of the room and looked around and left after 15 minutes, but I kept going because that was the only way I was going to make that business succeed. And along the way, I learned some things. So and it became easier, as I'm sure you you found too, right? The more you went, it was easier it got.
1: Uh, For sure. I was really lucky in that the first conference I went to, one of the speakers was, uh, her whole spiel was about uh, how to do the networking thing for introverts, which worked really well for me. Perfect. (laughs) Um, But you know, it, it, it was scary. And quite honestly, there are still times, especially like the first 10, 15 minutes of a conference where you get there, as you said, right, there's all these strangers, they all seem to be in conversation and you're like, How do I become a part of this? I don't really know. So, you know, you kept going back, you kept going back, you conquered your fear. And then, kind of, what, how did you decide to start teaching others how to do this? And kind of, how did you gain those skills?
0: Let's, so to back up for one, Second, the I've always been really good at building relationships with people. I have friends that I've had since we were babies in a crib. And so that's my thing is building relationships, holding on to friendships and relationships, even when other people are lazy about it. And I've had people tell me that they really appreciate that I do it because they're bad at it, but they value the relationship. And they're glad that I am good at it. So, but the, the walking into a room full of strangers part, which is what you do in networking events, that was the hard part for me. So one-to-one conversations, that was easy. So once I figured out how to make it more one-to-one conversations, even in a big room of a lot of people, then it's, I started figuring out, okay, all right, I know how to do this. And so then more people were asking me how I was building relationships, how I was coming away from networking events and developing those connections because they weren't having as much success at it. And, and what I figured out was in part was because of the way they were looking at networking and what they thought networking was.
1: So let's dive deep into that a little bit for a while. Um, you know, what is that perception? You know, I'm a big believer in Nothing beats in person, right? I create marketing materials. I am a copywriter. But honestly, you know, you're going you're gonna to jump the line, if you will, right? They say it takes 5 to 12 impressions if you're doing something in person, but then it takes 15 to 30 if you're only working online. So obviously, you know, meeting somebody in person, it really cuts down on that time to build the relationship. So what is the perception a lot of people have about networking? The common
0: perception is that networking is about selling. And that's also the reason why a lot of people don't like it, especially quiet people. Like I tend to, that's the term I tend to use for people like you and me who are maybe a little bit more shy or have been. Uh, so the idea that networking is about walking into a room and selling your services or your products, that that makes it even more intimidating. But that's not what networking is at all. Networking is truly about starting a conversation and building a foundation for a relationship. I don't know anyone who's ever gone to a networking event or to a conference and met somebody they didn't know before and walked away with a signed contract. Like that's just not how it happens. And so if we can reframe it to be, you're just going and making new friends, making new connections, that takes away the the anxiety, a little bit of the anxiety.
1: For sure. And it's one of those things, right? Where, especially as an entrepreneur, where you kind of get to choose who you work with, it's going to be people you want to work with. So Mm -hmm. it's got to be somebody who you actually get the opportunity to get to know a little bit. Sure. Right. Right. And then as you mentioned, so in-person
0: networking, so as humans... We are still wired to connect interpersonally, no matter how much online contact we can have. And I have recently started calling online and social media platforms, they're communication platforms. They're not really connection platforms, even though you know LinkedIn says uses the term connections. It's not really a connection until you've actually had a conversation with somebody or had some interaction. Just pushing a button and accepting does not make somebody a a true connection.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, especially if they were a stranger beforehand and you say, yes, okay, I want to be connected. And then immediately you get a pitch. Like that's what you're talking about where it's, you know, oh, you're a stranger here, buy my stuff. It doesn't work online and it definitely doesn't work in person.
0: No, right, right, right. Well, even if you don't get the pitch, just the just being connected to somebody on social media does not is not a real connection. And so, going back to the in-person thing, that's where you're making a real connection. You're face to face with somebody, you're in their energy field. And I know that sounds kind of woo-woo, but it is actually something that will affect your uh the 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 way that you feel about somebody and how much you can learn about somebody there's being in that being face to face, uh, and having, it's just a different level of connection that you can't, you can't get any other way.
1: For sure. And I mean, you know, I think we've all felt that too, where like, even though you've literally just met somebody and then the next time you see them at another event, you're like, Oh, it's so wonderful to see you again because you had that, that true connection in person as opposed to, oh, we've been connected online for like three years. Oh, how nice it is to see you. How wonderful. But it's not that true. Oh, I'm excited to see you again because you, you didn't get that initial connection that was in person.
0: Yeah. And then you just made a comment that is the the thing is too. Yeah, sure. You can make acquaintances online and then take them offline to meet, and then it takes it to another level.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even when you're in like group programs, uh, and when you are quote unquote, face to face, because you're using Zoom, there's still something missing. And being able to like actually connect in the same room, it it does make a difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so then once you have made a connection online, I mean, I'm sorry, offline, in an at an event, it's Easier. It's certainly social media, certainly makes it easier to then stay in touch and stay engaged with them, which is why I then advise sure, go connect on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you want to. And that helps build the relationship, but it's not a substitute for.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Because you you have to have that initial connection somewhere. And even if it is, uh, as you said, right, online, and then you make that connection offline, uh, you know, now there's no excuses for claiming you can't follow up with someone, right? Because there's just so many different avenues you can use.
0: Right. And I find it interesting that LinkedIn is spawning these LinkedIn local groups now where you can go and meet up with LinkedIn people in person.
1: I had no idea about that, but I find that very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, LinkedIn thinks um, you know. LinkedIn has its Pro Finder option, and it'll only send things that are local to you. And half the time, it's like uh, people who are a good five to seven hour drive away from me, and they want to work <laughs> with someone in person only. And I'm like, um, that's not local, LinkedIn. That's not local. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're
0: they're not they're they're facilitating it minimally, but these groups are popping up in a lot of geographic areas across the world.
1: Awesome. So if somebody does decide to go to a networking event, right, which is a really great way to kind of, you know, uh, so much of what we focus on is scaling as an entrepreneur. How do I grow bigger? But there's nothing that really replaces that in person. And You know, now the new thing is you have to do activities that don't scale, like going to in-person networking events. So what is success at a networking event? How would somebody know if they've been successful? Great question.
0: And I would start with the recommendation that you set a goal before you go to a networking event or a conference. What is it that you want to accomplish? And that's how you're going to measure your success. So for example, it could be meeting a specific person. You know someone speaking and you want to meet them and meeting that person is your goal. Or you're going because you're looking for a specific resource and you're going to ask the people you meet if they've had any experience working, can they make any recommendations Um, For this new resource. Maybe it's a virtual assistant, maybe it's a printing company, maybe it's a social media, somebody who can help with social media, whatever it is. Uh, And maybe it's as simple as my goal is to meet three new people. And once you've met those three people, you can leave the event feeling accomplished.
1: I've got to admit, that was my goal. When I went to that first conference, um, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I went, I felt so incredibly awkward. Everywhere around me, it seemed like people were, you know, they were already deep in conversation, right? How do you become a part of that? And so the next time I went to an event, I set a goal for myself. I'm going to meet three new people a day and I have to have a real conversation with them, right? It can't just be, hi, how are you? What's your name? What do you do? Okay. Thanks. Bye. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so then that's how you measure su-
1: success. Awesome. So one of the things that I think a lot of people find intimidating about in-person networking events is every time you go to them, right? It does seem like a lot of people already know the others in the room. So what would you tell people who are new to an event, they're new to a community, they go to a live event or a conference or or what have you, and uh, they want to kind of become part of the conversation, but they don't know anyone there. What would you recommend for them? Two things. One, ask the event
0: organizer or Depending on the event, there could be ambassadors or board members. Ask one of those people to introduce you to some people because they want you to have success at their event. That reflects better on them if you enjoy and get what you want out of their event. So they're happy to help make introductions. The second thing is to look at groups of people. And I always recommend, so look at groups of three or more people and see how they've arranged themselves. Are they arranged in a semi-open situation where you could approach even though it's going to feel uncomfortable. I know that. Approach and kind of catch the eye of somebody in the group, preferably not the person who's speaking, somebody who's standing there. Catch your eyes, smile at them as you walk up and just approach and stand there for a second because the person who's talking is either going to finish their point or stop talking and they're going to welcome you into the group.
1: So it's not an awkward thing then to just kind of sidle over and and wait until the conversation turns (laughs) to something you can comment on because I always feel really awkward doing that, but it seems to be like the only method that works
0: (laughs) well if you and if you look around other people that's what everybody does it's it does feel awkward but it it feels awkward to you it doesn't seem awkward necessarily to the people who are already in the group they're like oh cool a new person to
1: meet awesome and I love what you said about finding the organizer or an ambassador that is honestly something that has never crossed my mind and I don't know why it hasn't oh wow yeah um, but it's true, right? If, P- if you go to a conference, especially if you go to a conference for a particular method or for a particular strategy, uh, you know, people want you to come back. They want you to get value out of it. That's why they put this event on. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense that they're really invested. And you know, I've met so many people right? They're, they're people I've met at events. They call themselves connectors, right? They, they go to the event. I meet them. I have a quick chat. And then later they'll find me and be like, hey, you've got to meet this other person, right? And this is someone I just met. But that's kind of what the, brand, the event ambassador's job is, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And this is, brings up another point that you didn't ask the question about, but I'm going to answer it anyway. And this is why you need to be very clear on who you want to meet before you get there. Like who's your ideal client, or who's the ideal type of person who could give you referrals, or who would be a good strategic partner for you? Because before you approach that event organizer or ambassador, you want to be able to say, "Hey, this is the kind of person I'm looking to meet. Could you introduce me to any?"
1: Absolutely, and that just goes back to really knowing your message and what you're what you're there for, right? I would exactly. say never go to an event without a plan, um, because that's a good way for you to waste a lot of money, um, because when you go to these types of events, right, you need to know what are you trying to get out of it, which why I love the fact that you said the first thing to do is to set a goal, right? Before you even choose to go to the event, set a goal. And that goal doesn't have to be, I want to walk away with money. It can be, I want to meet X number of people, or I'm looking for someone who knows how to do this XYZ skill. Mm -hmm, Exactly.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And actually backing up even further before you go to an event, before you even set a goal is, like I said, figuring out who you want, like what type of person you want to meet. And that backs up even further, which um, as a copywriter, I'm sure you are well versed in, is figuring out what you what exactly it is you do and offer and to whom.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where everyone says, oh, you need an elevator speech. And, you know, I don't like that term because, quite frankly, um, I don't know, but you, but uh, the last time I went in an elevator, which I just came back from a couple of conferences, I went to a lot of them. I did not speak to anyone I didn't know in those elevators. It's really strange if someone gets into an elevator and between floor 10 and floor zero decides to turn around, start talking. Talking to you and say, Hey, this is what I do. That is so funny that you say that because I said the same thing.
0: I say the same thing. It's yeah. No, if, if somebody starts doing that to me in an elevator, I'm pushing the next floor and getting off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it's true because, you know, there's all these experiments you can do to like uh, go against cultural norms. And one of them is to walk into an elevator and face people instead of facing the doors. Um, Mm -hmm. And it makes people awkward. It makes them really uncomfortable. So the idea that it's an elevator pitch, it's like, oh, it has to be able to be finished in an elevator ride. I'm like, people don't talk to strangers in elevators. Mm -mm. You know, you might do the, you know, you might do the head nod. You might do the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the shy smile. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you like desperately look at the numbers until you get to the floor you want to be on. (laughs)
0: Right, right. Yeah. So I, I don't advise the elevator pitch either. I prefer the term positioning statement. And it's not even really a statement. It's just getting clear on how to answer that what do you do question, which is the most awful question you could possibly ask. I advise anyone to never ask that question. At the same time, you know you are going to be asked it. So you better have an answer prepared.
1: All right. So you've found your most awful question to ask, which I I usually ask it sarcastically and then laugh and then we jump into another random topic. Uh, But what is the good questions? What are the really great and fantastic questions to ask at a networking event?
0: So many other questions that could be asked because the what do you do question doesn't really tell you anything about the person at all. So one of my favorite questions to ask is, What are you excited about working on right now? And people love that question because it can be answered in regards to business or not. Maybe it's coaching their kids baseball team, whatever it is, it gives so much freedom at answering it. And people are really excited to tell you what they're excited about.
1: It's so true, right? Uh, People love talking about themselves. And if they are at an event that has to do with business, about 40 minutes in, you're probably tired of being asked a question about what do you do and what's your business. So they're looking for like real conversation. So giving that opportunity, I love the way you phrased it. It was, you know, what are you excited about? working on right now because it does leave it open to so many different opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many other questions, you know, what, what, what are you looking to get out of being here? I, I'm a huge proponent of literacy, so I love reading. So I will ask, you know, have you read any good business books lately? You could ask, have you listened to any great podcasts lately? There's, there's so many more substantial, interesting questions to ask to get into a more substantial conversation. And the reason you really want to do that is not just to make the moment better because who wants to be stuck in a shallow, horrible. Um, meaningless conversation but when you're then after the event is over, the follow-up, I would argue, is the most important part of a networking event. If you've had a substantial conversation, your follow-up is going to be far easier.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we're we're almost out of time. And we've talked about so many great things about, you know, what to expect at networking events, how to reframe it in your mind, the importance of still making that in-person connection. So if, if you had to tell people one piece of action to take after listening to this episode, what would it be? Make sure you do your follow-up.
0: <laughs> so true. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. So right. Walk away, get the other person's contact information. Don't just hand out your cards randomly, get their information. It puts you in control of doing the follow-up and then actually do the follow-up because everybody has the best of intentions and very few people actually follow through.
1: Absolutely. And I would also argue that like, you know, if it's still within a few days or weeks of you going to that event, they gave you their card. You had a great conversation. They are busy. You're busy. Still do the follow up. Agreed. Completely agree. Yes. Oh, wonderful. So, Lori, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing your wisdom with the Audience Converter audience. I know that's fun to say. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if people want to learn more about you and what you do or, or want to get some more resources from you, where can they go? Yeah. My pleasure to have been here. They can go
0: to my website is zenrabbit.com. The book, I have a book called the, um, how to feel more confident, comfortable, and courageous at networking events. And that is at zenrabbitbook.com. And I, I know you'll, you'll put uh, LinkedIn. I'm available at LinkedIn on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, not so much. I have an account there, but I'm- <laughs> <laughs> right? um, yeah, all the social media is pretty much.
1: Awesome. So we will have all of those links in the show notes. And did you say that you had a, a, a secret resource for people that um, can help them pump themselves up before going to a networking event?
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. I do. It's, it's a networking meditation. It's five minutes, it's free, and it is available at zenrabbit.com slash meditation. And we can put that in the show notes as well.
1: Fantastic! So Lori, thank you again so much for coming on and sharing with us about all the wonderful things to do and not do at networking events. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter
0: Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.